The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today, and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Coors Light. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win up to a million dollars. That's right, one million dollars. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. What up, D-Gens? Dan Titus, a.k.a. T-Bunny here with NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Joined by my co-host, you know him well, sports nerd, Munaf Manji. What's good, bro? How you doing tonight? We're recording this podcast on Wednesday night. So we got a couple games we're, we're watching. Currently, the, the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies, but want to get your thoughts, man. Early takes on the Atlanta-New York game, as well as the Sixers and the Wizards. Yeah, man, I know we're in the midst of a game. Well, we had two games already finished, so recording, what, uh, 10, about 11, 16 Eastern Standard Time at night. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's more fun, I think, for us to record it, like, right when the games are over, because we have, like, instant reactions, and kind of fresh in our mind but um you know one snoozer tonight but one new york or, or the atlanta game was more more exciting than the philly game but um you know we can we can start with the uh we start with the snoozer first what do you think you uh let you take off with the sixers how does their performance tonight yeah so let's start with the sixers man i feel great about the way that they played tonight the starters didn't play in the fourth quarter so that's always a great sign in playoff mode when you're your uh, bench can get some extra run. I like that Doc Rivers played Tyrese Maxey a lot in the fourth quarter. We got to see that kid be super explosive, and I think there's a lot of upside with him as the uh, the future of the Sixers at the point guard position. But, yep. I mean, I think the biggest telling sign was Bradley Beal couldn't be stopped in the first half. Mm. You know, He had, like, what, 24 in the first half. Yeah, thought he was going to be another 60-point performance at the rate he was going, but – the Sixers really came out in the second half and really pumped the brakes on a lot of the Wizards' offensive momentum. And, you know, we saw Westbrook leave the game with an, with an ankle injury. There was some drama at the end of the game where Philly was just being Philly. A fan dropped popcorn on Westbrook, and then he wilded out. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, game three is played. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Westbrook is playing with that chip on his shoulder again. Like, he gets that extra, you know, edge and gets back to his triple-double ways. But... I think the Philly D has him, has the Wizards really perplexed and they're not making it. I don't see them making it through game three and this is likely looking, heading towards a sweep. Yeah, and I think the key takeaway tonight for me was, number one, you already mentioned that they put the clamps down on the Wizards in that, in that second half. They only gave up 38 points to the Washington Wizards and um, that's a little unheard of, especially with this Washington Wizards team, you know, because they're such a fast-paced team. And secondly, you know, the scuffle with Westbrook and him le- leaving with the ankle injury. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of the diagnosis is for Russell Westbrook and if he's going to be available for game three or not. But um, yeah, I mean, not much to say. I think that uh, another key thing for me tonight was the Sixer starters all under 30 minutes tonight. Uh, Embiid and back-to-back or and for game one, he had 30 minutes. Game two tonight, only 26 minutes. You take a look at Tobias Harris, only 23 minutes, Danny Green, 29, Ben Simmons, 29. So I think that those kind of things add up, especially in the playoffs where number one, you're blowing out teams and then, you know, they get to have that whole fourth quarter off. So 
Uh, they're going to be well-rested going into Washington. And like you mentioned, I think that if Washington is going to win a game, it's going to be in game three. If they have any shot, I don't think they do. I agree with you 100%. And this looks like an easy pathway for the Sixers heading into the second round of the uh, Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And taking it back, like, I mean, I think, you know, the, the Sixers came into this contest as eight-point favorites. Do you yeah. think that game three is heading towards a double-digit spread? I mean, if Westbrook is hobbled, I mean, that guy will play through most injuries, right? And I think with their yeah. back against the wall, there's no chance he's going to miss this game unless he literally can't walk, which we saw, you know, he was walking under his own power uh, when he was walking to the tunnel. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this one became a double-digit spread by next game. Um, I mean, the Sixers almost won where they win by 25. 25 tonight, uh, yeah. Yeah, so pretty pretty sizable victory here. And we saw Tobias Harris also leave the game briefly with an ankle injury, but he looked to be uh, fine. So he'll he'll probably need to ice up, you know, a little bit after the game. He'll probably be a little bit sore. But I think this is looking great to your point. You know, I think the Sixers are probably looking more ahead. This is great news for them if you're a Sixers fan or a, a future's better for the Sixers. Yeah. You know, not having to play their starters in the last fourth quarter, you know, whatever rest you can get with this kind of schedule, you know, playing every other night. I'm sure you want to take advantage of that. So yeah, for sure. And I think the last point for this for this game uh, was the defensive improvement for the Sixers with the points inside the paint. I think the first game they allowed 76 points in the Washington Wizards in game one, and then game two tonight only gave up 50. So significantly better job by the uh, Sixers inside the paint. And then you know the three point shooting woes continue for the Wizards. You know they're not going to be able to beat the Sixers team without making some shots of uh, two of 22 from the three point line tonight. And they really don't have much of a threat shooting the three point shot other than Davis Bertans and Bradley Beal. So, you know, if those guys are not making shots for you, then it's going to be a long night for you. But um, yeah, man, I think Sixers just need to go into Washington, take care of business and just get ready for the next round, man. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, man. Davis Bertans zero points fouled out yeah. in like what the <laughs> third quarter, like over four from three in less than 30 minutes, you know, that's definitely not a good look. So yeah, we'll see how that Hell turns yeah. out, but let's flip it to the, the Atlanta, New York game, man. This was a good, this was a really good game. I think this was like the, the reason why we need the Knicks in the playoffs here, right? Like Madison square garden was rocking tonight. Um, yeah. And I feel like, you know, with the Knicks, they were down by, what, 15 points at half. We saw them make this huge third third quarter turnaround where Reggie Bullock was finally hitting threes. We saw Derrick Rose come alive. R.J. Barrett was, was playing very well. I think the more noticeable thing, though, we've seen the most improved player of the year, Julius Randle. He kind of looks like he's not in his, in his rhythm right now. Like, he's struggling. You know, he was the guy that dominated the, the Atlanta Hawks in the regular mm -hmm. season to the tune of, you know, over 30 points a game, 12 and 12 and a half rebounds and six assists per contest. Yeah. How do you, do you think he's going to write the ship in game three? At least the, the Knicks tied it up here. Yeah. You know, they, they're able to edge out the victory one Oh one to 92, but I think it was really a testament to their defense stepping up and really just Trey yeah. young, not going off in the, in the second half in, in the, uh, the testament to the, the Knicks defense, finally playing defense. Yeah, um, you know, I was watching this game, and then I think that as soon as, and I mentioned this in our Slack channel, was as soon as Julius Randle was touching the ball, whether it was inside the three-point line, the Hawks were just doubling him, and they weren't letting him, you know, uh, torture him like he did during the regular season. So I think the, I think Randle's going to be okay. I think, you know, he's just going to have to kind of let 
let the game come to him. He doesn't need to, you know, force things. I think there's been a couple of times and, and forced plays where it just hasn't worked for him. So you kind of let the let, let the game come to him, especially in the playoffs, because you do have a young group. So your margin of error is, is very, very thin because every possession matters in the playoffs. But, um, you know, yeah, he had struggled again tonight, five of 16, but, you know, he's rebounding the ball well. So he's still contributing in other ways. Um, I think the key thing uh, was that Derek Rose started the second half for the New York Knicks. Uh, they didn't go with uh, Peyton. So Derek Rose, player of the game tonight for the New York Knicks, dropped 26 points here tonight. He was clutched down the stretch. And, you know, he, they need that veteran leadership. Team high, 39 points. So, um, you know, hopefully his health and his knees and his ankles and his legs held up for him because they're going to need Derek Rose if they're going to have a chance to yeah, the second half of this game was pretty much a story. They outscored the Atlanta Hawks 57 to 35, clamped down on defense, made things difficult for Trey Young in that second half. And even when the game started, that defensive intensity for the Knicks in the first, I think, couple of minutes was at a very, very high pay, uh, high rate. So, um, you know, I'm excited for game three. You know, as Trey Young was walking off of the court, he's like, I'll see you guys in the A. And, um, I'm excited, man. I hope this game goes seven series or seven games and we get a game seven in Madison Square Garden because it is going to be rocking, rocking like crazy if it gets a game seven in New York, New York City. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, looking at some of the stats, man, I think one of the surprises out of Atlanta that I saw a lot of improvement and just their first half play was really the play of DeAndre Hunter. Having him yeah. back into the lineup has really been a boost for them. On both sides of the ball, he finished tonight with 18 points. Only shot three of 10, but he did hit three of eight from three with six boards. Mm -hmm. Played very well. So that's a, a guy I'm going to be looking at on the prop shop, maybe uh, in future games, now that he looks like he's getting closer to healthy. But um, I think one of the bigger one of the bigger stories, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's been playing really well you know, the second half of the season. He's been part of the reason why the Atlanta Hawks have been so successful. Mm -hmm. um, he only shot eight for 21 tonight and two for 13 from three. He came into tonight's contest knocking down at least four three-pointers in seven straight games. So, you know, the Knicks defense was relentless. I think that that's the key, what the Knicks are going to do. I know we both picked the Knicks to win this series. Yep. Um, if they're going to do it, it's going to be on the defensive end. Um, and hopefully they'll be able to get Julius Randle back into, you know, his normal rhythm and flow, like the guy that we saw earlier in the season and the guy that was the consensus most improved player. Yeah, and I think this was one of the keys tonight, especially they did a better job on McDonavich two of 13 from three. And, and, you know, if you would have hit maybe a couple more, this would, we'd be talking about a different final score, but, you know, give credit for the Knicks making that surge in the second half. Uh, they played desperate basketball. It paid off for them, uh, did really well on defensive end. And that's kind of what they prided themselves on all season log. And that's kind of what their uh, identity was during the regular season. It showed up here in the second half. So the New York Knicks outscored them inside the paint 42 to 28. So uh, I think that was kind of a telling story for me in the, in the second, uh, or sorry, in this, in this game too. It's a great point. So before we get into Thursday's slate of games and our prop shop, as well as our best bets, we're going to hear a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll get into the action. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details over at wynnbet.com and download the app today. So, Munaf. Let's kick it off with the first game of tomorrow's slate. We got the Bucks up 2-0 against the home Miami Heat. 
they are currently the Miami Heat are currently laying two points to the Milwaukee Bucks. Are you surprised that the Bucks are only a small one and a half point favorites against the Heat, given how successful they've been and that coming off that blowout win? Or do you think that this is the right time for, you know, a team down 0-2? Is this the is this the chance for the Miami Heat to really get back on track and make this series more competitive? You know, this Miami team, we had the discussion when me, you, and uh, Zach had gone together on the pod that we did was that this Miami team completely on a different level than what the team was when they got to the NBA Finals last year. Now, I don't want to get into if they were a product, if it was a product of, you know, being in the bubble. But I think the one concern I do have right now for the Miami Heat is their all-star superstar in, in Jimmy Butler because the, through the first two games, he's 8 of 32 from the field, shooting 25%, um, 2 of 9 from three-point land. And, you know, that's not going to get it done. You need your best player to step up uh, better than they did in that first game. You know, they knocked down 10 three-pointers in that first quarter, and that was pretty much a story. If there's a game that Miami Heat are going to have to get or if we that I think that they're going to win, it's probably going to be game three um, because you're back in your building. Uh, if you want a chance in this series, you're going to have to come out and win game three because I don't think come game four, I don't think, that effort is going to be there for this team. And uh, I don't know. I, I want to ask you, do you think Jimmy Butler is, do you think he's hurt or what's going on with him? I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, you know, what's going on because last season in the bubble, he was just probably one of the best players during that playoff run for the Miami heat. Yeah. He had that dog mentality and I, I still think he has it. Like he's still influencing the game. He's impacting the game. He's just not scoring efficiently. So, you know, I think this is one of those spots where you're really going to, it's really going to be a testament of your resiliency to just forget the past and move forward. And I think Jimmy Butler's had a history of doing that over time. He's had to deal with certain adversities, you know, even through last year in the bubble, you know, he played outstanding, but you know, I think that that being on a neutral court and just them riding this momentum wave, they were able to play above the competition. Whereas right now, you know, I think that they're really going to need their home court advantage to really get back into this series. And I picked the Heat to upset the Bucks, but you know, I'm I think that it's more so. I've just been surprised at the Bucks's supporting cast that has just been stellar through the first two games of the season. And this is what we're I think the Heat is also going to need. They're going to need Bam Adebayo to go off. Yeah. We're going to need to see more out of Trevor Ariza and Kendrick Nunn to support Jimmy if Jimmy's not going to be the one to really shoulder the load on offense. So. You know, Goran Dragic has played very well. Tyler Hero, bit inconsistent. So I think it's going to take a team effort, but it's definitely certainly going to take Jimmy Butler to step his game up. And I, I can't tell if it's whether he's hurt or whether he's just missing shots, but he certainly looks uncomfortable. That much is 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 obvious. So in terms of the game, though, so I'm seeing the, mm-hmm. the game, the game total at 226, 226 and a half on, on some books. For me, I, I still have... A, a little bit of faith in the heat here, but I'm not going to go yep. their game spread. I think I'm going to be conservative. I like the way they came out in game one. They won the first quarter scoring 24 points. I'm going to go with them in the first quarter, seeing their, their team total at 27 and a half. I think they're going to get this. I think that they're going to come out motivated. I'm going to back the home dog here and, and I think they're going to come out aggressive here and try to make a statement and punch him in the mouth. Now, the Bucks 
you know, they've been very good. I mean, we saw them drop 45 points in the first quarter of game two. So, but I'm thinking that this is going to be a, a different outcome. We're going to see a better defensive team for the Miami Heat coming out in game three. Yeah, and I, I agree with you that, that if there's a time for the, for the Miami Heat to come out and play, it's, it's going to have to be starting in that first quarter and they're going to have to make a better defensive effort on closing out on some of the shooters for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. And um, yeah, I, I don't want to touch this uh, full game spread right now. If I did have a lean, it would probably be with the Bucks at minus one and a half just because I think they played a lot looser in game two. And now that they have this uh, 2-0 lead heading into Miami, you know, they, they kind of have that swag and that confidence that, hey, you know, we're taking care of business right now. But, you know, we, we've seen in the past and over the past couple of years that teams that are down 0-2 going back to their home court and their building, they usually come out and do well. Now, I don't think that's accounted for in this line, which I which I kind of find it, well, actually it is accounted for because the Milwaukee Bucks are a minus one and a half point favorite for the full game. But the Miami Heat are favored in the first half by a point. So that kind of tells you that the books are adjusting to what typically happens when teams down 0-2 are coming back to the building. But I agree with you. Um, I'll probably play Miami first half and probably that first quarter just to see, you know, if there's any fight for them. But if I don't see it, this might be a good opportunity for you to take a live bet on the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I feel that uh, that was going to be the next pivot would be I'm just going to watch the game after the first quarter, then I can make a more informed decision as the pace and the game momentum is swinging one way or the other. And how do you like that team total at 226? You know, Milwaukee can come out on any single night and just, you know, like they did in game in game two, just just shoot you out of the gym. Right. And I think that if Miami's going to win this game, it might be correlated that if they do win, it's going to have to be a game where it goes under. But um you know, with, with the shooters that these both of these teams, these two teams do have, you know, you know, I'm gonna continue to take this over for these two teams uh, over 226 and a half. I think the interesting part for me is what we saw from going back to Tyler Heroes that last season in the bubble, he was playing real well. And he was averaging probably what 35, 40 minutes a night. But in the first two games, he hasn't even cracked 20 points a game. Do you think he's in the doghouse or he's just not playing well? or Is he shooting bad? What do you think it is? It's a great question, man. I, I think it is. I think it might be a combination of all of that, man, like between his play and also like, I, I feel like defensively, you know, he's never going to be the answer, right? He's their yeah. instant offense type dude. So when they're down, they're not looking for him to get a stop. So I think yeah. that's just by nature of it. He's not going to see as many minutes, but if they come out on a, in a scoring surge and a flurry, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him play closer to that, you know, 25 to 30 minutes you know, potentially having a little bit more uh, time on the court. Yeah, I, I, I just found that interesting when I was just looking at the uh, box scores for the first two games. But um, yeah, man, I, I think uh, I think we're in agreement. First quarter for the Heat and they kind of just see how the game's flowing and, and take a live bet. But I, I do like the over uh, uh, 226 and a half for this game. For sure. Yeah, and quick update on the Utah Jazz and Grizzlies. Jazz currently blowing them out up 74-54 yeah. at the half. So not going to be surprised if Utah ties it up after this game. They got Donovan Mitchell back. I guess the the doctors figured it out. Um, <laughs> so there's that. All right. So let's kick it to the next game, man. Phoenix and LA. ZB is still still hyped up, gassed up off of this one, man. Me, you, and McKee are looking like fools out here. But I mean, I think it's a testament to. Honestly, man, it's the stigma that continues to haunt Chris Paul, man. He just can't yeah. stay healthy in the playoffs. And it's going to – you can't act like that's not going to be a, a differentiating factor with the Phoenix Suns. If he's not healthy and he's not being aggressive and being the disruptor that he is on offense and defense, 
it's not the same team. And frankly, yeah. is this just another thing that's going to be another another fortunate circumstance for the Lakers um, if they're not getting a, a, a healthy at full strength Phoenix Sun? So right now I'm seeing this game total at 210. And the current the current the current spread is looking like the Lakers are seven point favorites here. This seems a bit much for me, even though yeah. Chris Paul is hobbled. I'm going to rock with Phoenix in this spot. I, I think that this team is resilient. You know, they were the second best team in the West. I think that this is a good team and they'll, they'll come better than seven points. So I'm going to take them on the road seven. And then in terms of the game total, I'm going to think I'm going to take the under here at 210 with Chris Paul, not really facilitating as much. I think that the Phoenix Suns will probably score a little bit less. Wouldn't be surprised if Devin Booker took on more of that offensive load and played distributor a little bit. So I'm going to look at his um, assist line when we get to the prop shop, but yep. want to get your thoughts on this game. And obviously we saw a lot out of Anthony Davis, which is exactly what we were looking for when we were questioning the Lakers before. Yeah. And again, now this is all contingent on what we get from CP three, because we saw that he didn't close the, he didn't close the, even the game in game two. Uh, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Phoenix. They, uh, they, they battled in that fourth quarter and they made it a game, but you know, Anthony Davis, with the big, I think about like a minute and 15 seconds left and then LeBron hit another one with under a minute left. So um, it, it, it seems to me that there's still something wrong with this Lakers offense because as great as Anthony Davis did in game two, he was 18 of 21 from the free throw. Uh, yeah. From the free throw line, seven of 15 from the field, he was two of four from three point land. So, you know, I, I think the ceiling for this Lakers team is at like around that 107, 109 max 110 points. And if you get a Phoenix Suns team that just comes out and shoots real well on, on any given night, my question always is, is that are the, are the Lakers going to be able to keep up? with the shooting for um, to match that. And then I think another point that Zach mentioned that was real interesting was that LeBron is not really going to the basket. You take a look at his last game in game two, he was nine of 16 from the field, but 16 of, or nine of those 16 shots were from three point lane. And when was the last time we heard about LeBron shooting nine, three pointers in a game. So I think that ankle is definitely still bothering him. Um, But as far as the Lakers, I think the guy that's really going to have to lead them is going to be Dennis Schroeder. He had a great game two for them, 24 points. Um, but l- looking at game three here, I agree with you, man. Uh, this is too many points, I think, for, especially for this Phoenix Suns team. I think I agree with you that uh, – sorry for the Lakers uh, being seven-point favorites at home. Um, I-, I agree about Devin Booker. He's going to have to take on a bigger role for this offense if, you know, Chris Paul is, is – is not able to go or it's not going to be as effective as we know he can be. And it, and it just sucks, man. I, I know we had Chris Paul in Houston where we got to the Western conference finals and we were up three games to two and his hamstring gave out and he wasn't able to finish that series. And I think if we had him, we would have got to the NBA finals, but you know, I've been really impressed with Deandre eight in the series too. 22 points again, 10 rebounds, 11 of 13 from the field in game two. So they're going to need contribute contribute contributions from both Booker and Aiton and they're going to need some of these guys to knock down shots for them, whether it comes from Jay Crowder or, you know, somebody off the bench. And I think, you know, Cameron Payne is going to have to play well also. But as far as game three, I, I think, uh, you know, we have a gritty bunch in the Phoenix Suns. I think they'll cover the seven points and I'm hoping that they win. <laughs> but um, it, it's going to be I think this is going to be one of those great series in the Western Conference that may get to seven games. But um, as far as game three, I do like the plus seven with the Phoenix. And I agree with you on the under because these two teams are just really gritty on uh, on the defensive side right 
I'm with that. And if uh, McKee, if you're hearing us out there, currently your Phoenix Suns are plus 260 to win the series. So go get that plus odds, man. And uh, yeah. let's see the Lakers get let's see the Lakers get taken down if you're That's believing true. in it. But uh, <laughs> currently the Lakers are minus 300 to win the series after going down the initial first game and then making a comeback in game two. All right. So the last game on the slate, man, this is going to be a good one. The Portland Trailblazers at home against the Denver Nuggets. Currently seeing the Nuggets as four-point favorites. Portland. Oh, Portland, excuse me. Yeah. Portland, Portland four-point favorites. Four. Yep. yep. And then the over-under we got at 227, 227 and a half. Mm. So, I mean, I, damn, man. Damian Lillard, whew, I don't know, man. It's I got to trust in him, man. This dude is on fire. It's, it seems yep. like it's Dame time. And, uh, you know, the Nuggets, they've seemingly weathered the storm, but I don't know. Jokic has played extremely well. We saw Michael Porter Jr. play decent last game. Do you think that the Denver Nuggets are going to have enough to take it on the road and get a, a victory in Portland? Yeah, I actually love Portland here tomorrow night being at home. Um, if we look at the box score from game two, we like to say Damian Lillard went off. But other than that, I mean, yeah, CJ McCollum had a pretty good night. But outside of that, they didn't really get much from anybody else. Um Norman Powell was okay, but, um, you know, that, that night really belonged to, um, to the Joker in game two, 38 points. And, you know, in game one, Carmelo Anthony and Anthony Simons were, were the two guys that really contributed for them in game one. They're going to need those guys to step up again here in game three, being at home. Um, you know, Portland's been a great team, you know, at home, we know what their, uh, their home court advantage is, but I think that the, Portland is one of the teams that does not, or, cities that does not have a very high percentage of um capacity or people that they're letting in for this game so it's going to be interesting at what the crowd noise is for portland i know this is one of the better home court advantages in the league but portland being back home tomorrow night i think they should take care of business and uh take the series uh lead again two games to one against the denver nuggets and i gotta you know we'll get to the prop shop in a little bit but uh daniel Lillard, man that guy's just he's on a turn in the playoffs and i'm not surprised by his play i mean he does it every single year in the playoffs but Hopefully this year it just translates to wins for him and they get to go to the next round. Yeah, I think it, when it's all said and done, I think Dame is going to go into NBA history as one of those guys that you just don't face in the in the in the uh, in the playoffs, man. Like he's super clutch, and in the first round, man, I still feel like the the Portland Trailblazers are going to pull the upset here on the the third seeded Denver Nuggets. But I'm going to take the Nuggets here at plus four. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be a nice spot for the Denver Nuggets to continue their momentum from game two. While I might take Portland on the money line, I, mm. I, I do think that Denver can cover four points here. They were very competitive against them in the regular season. Game total, still seen at 227. Wouldn't be surprised if this is an over, so I'm going to go with the over. Both of these teams are scoring at a very high, at a high clip. Yep. And with Dame shooting the way that he is, I wouldn't be surprised for him to go for another 30-40 piece. Yep. And we've seen both of these teams. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up here. Yeah, both of these teams are ranking pretty high in three points, opponent three points allowed. So the Denver Nuggets are letting up 37 threes a game with the Portland Trailblazers letting up 32. Yep. I mean, at that point, you know, these guys are just duking it out offensively. So, yeah, I, I want the fireworks. So I'm going to go the over the over on this game. Yeah, and we saw smart or sharp money coming on the under for this game in uh game two but i didn't understand it um with these two offenses it's like 
you know, the winning team is going to have to put up 120 plus points for them to win this game. And we've seen that in the result of that in games one and two. Yeah. Portland in game one dropped 123 and won the game. And then Denver game two dropped 128 and won the game. And both games win over the total. And I think that's going to continue all series long. Um, yeah, I like the over. I agree with you on that. But I think, yeah, we're on the opposite sides of this game. But, um, you know, I think this is going to be another fun one tomorrow night in Portland. And uh, looking forward to it for sure. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor and then we'll get to the prop shop. Do you ever feel you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you do like the rest of us and hit the reset button, get ready for what's next? Well, that's why you got to get Coors Light. And I know I popped one as soon as the Sixers won their victory today pretty handedly. I had a lot of stress going into game two. And the easiest thing for me to do is just crack open a Coors Light, chill out on my couch, kick it with my dog and my son, and then you know, get on this podcast. And that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm drinking a tall boy here as we speak. Only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on, on the bottles and the cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit the reset button, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. So remember, Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. All right, Munaf, let's get to the shop. Which game do you want to start with, man? What what props are you going for? I just want to create a pref. I just want to preface my prop shop here. Yeah, I went zero and five yesterday <laughs> on Twitter, <laughs> dude. That was like the roughest night I've had in a long, long, long time. And like it was so bad, I started out with three from from Tuesday's show, or was it Monday's show? Yeah. And I was like, fuck, man, I gotta double down here. I gotta I gotta get something back, and I lost it all. So I'm hitting the reset button. Thanks to Coors Light. I'm going to go with a little bit of a different edge. I'm going to target some players that are a little bit more notable, have a little bit more notoriety. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts first, man. What do you like? What games? What players? Yeah, I think we'll, we'll start with the Milwaukee Bucks and the uh, Miami Heat game. And, um, you know, the one player I'm looking at for the Miami Heat is going to be Goran Dragic over the 16 and a half points uh, tomorrow night. Um, you know, being back home, I think, you know, Dragic has been a, a, at least in games one and two, he's, he's, he's scored the basketball real well to when they're going to need that supporting scoring from their role players and their bench guys. And, um, you know, if Jimmy Butler still continues to struggle, I think Warren Dragic is the guy that can really step up for them in game three, currently seeing his, um, points prop at 16 and a half. I will take the over on that one and he had 18 in game two. So now being back home, sorry, being back home. In, in your in your settings, you know the rims there. You know how the layout is. I think Goran Dragic will will have a big game tomorrow night. So I'll take the over sixteen and a half points for Dragic. I like that play, man. And do you think that Goran Dragic? I mean, it's been surprising. Like I, I actually thought that he, most people were probably writing him off, and he wasn't really playing that well late in the season. Um, do you think he's going to be enough of an X factor for the Heat to really pull them through in in game two, in game three? He's going to need to be right. And now, yeah. now that, that being down 0-2, it's all just one of the veteran guys on this team. And, you know, he's, he knows that he's going to have to either provide the scoring support to, to Jimmy Butler and Bam and, you know, be that guy off the bench for them to lead the second unit. Like I said, if Jimmy Butler continues to struggle, Gordon Drog is a prime guy to kind of keep this Miami T competing in the game and, you know, probably help them propel them to win a game or win a game in game three. So I think it's going to start with Goran Dragic. And I'm going to go with uh, your boy, man. I know he he disappointed last time. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Middleton 
over 19 and a half points. Got that at minus 120 at FanDuel. I think we're going to see him have a little bit of a bounce back. Obviously, last game was out of hand. I'm expecting the uh, the Miami Heat to play a lot better and make this game more competitive. So I think we should see Middleton play more than 24 minutes. He played 45 in game one. Obviously, there was an OT element to that, but he did score 17 points and only had only shot four or five from the field with three for three mm. from the field. So this guy got to the line. He was very effective. I think he's going to continue to be that dark horse you know, Batman to Robin, I guess he's more of the Robin to Giannis um, yep. for the, my, for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. And I think 19 and a half, anything under 20. Yep. I love, I love uh, Chris Middleton. Cause I think he's always been one of those sneaky all-stars that always is consistent and, and brings you buckets. So, you know, the fact that he only got 20, he got 17 and 24 minutes. I think this guy's going to get high volume opportunities tomorrow as well. Yeah. I love that, man. Especially the angle that if it's under anything under 20 20- points for Chris Milton, you got to take the over, right? Because he has the capability of going out and getting you 25 points on any single night. And I think the interesting part for game two for him was that he only got up, I think, six shots and, you know, they really didn't need him, but I think on the road, they're really going to need him in a, in, in a hostile environment to support, like, like you said, Giannis. So I really like that play. I uh, think that that's all I have for this game. I wanted to take Duncan Robinson over on his three-point shooting props, but it's at three and a half, and it's juice to like minus 150. I don't want to lay that much juice with him. But yeah, that's all I have for at least for this uh, for the Heat and uh, Bucks game. Do you have anything else? No, let's kick it to the next game, man. Who Who's the next guy you got? Who are you like? Uh, yeah, we go to the Lakers game. Um, let's see here. I'm just going to go through like the timing of the schedule, but let's see. Yeah, I don't hate that. I should do like DeAndre Aiden over 14 and a half points there. We know he's had, I think, back-to-back 20-point games against the Lakers in games one and game two. He's had some success inside against this interior defense. Um, you know, his his inside game, inside the paint, has really developed over the season, and I really like that over 14 and a half for him, uh, for DeAndre Aiden uh, tomorrow night. So I think that's the first prop I like for uh, that Lakers and Suns game. I like it, man. And uh, yeah, I, I too, I kind of shied away as I was, you know, we were talking about the Phoenix game earlier. Um, I think that the, the, the books are really accounting for Booker to be aggressive and very effective in, with the injury of Chris Paul, you know, 28 and a half, yeah. a bit high. I was hoping to see that around 26, 27. And then his assist yeah. prop is currently at four and a half. I was hoping to see that at three and a half. So Right now, I'm going to hold on that one. Rather, I'm going to go with DeAndre Ayton over 11 and a half rebounds. Now, it's a it's a it's a hefty number, but the reason I'm a little yeah. bit co- I'm confident in it is because the only threat to DeAndre is really Andre Drummond because yeah. Anthony Davis hasn't been aggressive on the boards in the first two games. He got under 10 in the first one. I think I saw his his rebound line in the second game at nine and a half, and he just grabbed 10. But I think that we're seeing the Lakers use Anthony Davis more, getting him, and I think this probably goes to, we, we're still waiting to see that next level from LeBron and his mm-hmm. lack of aggression on offense. Much yeah. of that offense was being led through Anthony Davis. So Aiton is going to be feasting on the glass. And so... um trying to pull up his uh, stats here. I'm just having trouble here. So he got 16 rebounds in the game one, 10 in game two. But what I'm more, more excited about is just his dominance in the paint. As you stated, you know, he's been extremely efficient owning the paint. He's shooting like almost 90, (laughs) 
like what 92 93 yeah. from the from the field right now mm-hmm. um this guy's a bully in the block so i think ayton's gonna have he's gonna have plenty of opportunities to get you know double digit rebounds north of of 11 and a half here and i'm seeing that at plus odds so I think Aiton's going to be the one to step up. You know, if Chris Paul isn't at 100%, that's seeding about three, four rebounds um, off of him alone. So I think if the if the Phoenix Suns are going to be successful in this game, this is a game where I think we're going to see DeAndre Aiton and Booker really leaned on to to be the 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 benefactors of you know Chris Paul's lack of lack mm-hmm. of uh, attention or just facilitation in the game. So give me 11 and a half rebounds for DeAndre Aiton. And he did this over the course of the season. So it's not something that he's not unable to obtain. Yeah, and I think going back to saying that if we like the unders in these games, that there's going to be, if the bad shooting is going to continue for these teams, there are going to be plenty of rebounding opportunities. So I like that play. Um, the last one I did like for this game, I'm going to focus in on the Lakers side. And I'm going to take KCP over one and a half, three-point shots made. And we saw, I think, towards, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, uh, at the end of the game there that LeBron was kind of getting in his face um, for KCP. And I'm not sure if it was about him encouraging him to keep shooting the basketball um, and that he believed in him to keep shooting because he's had, you know, a, he had a rough night in game two. Um, so I, I think one and a half is a little conservative for KCP. And I think she shoots the ball better when he's on his home floor. Um, so that one and a half and the juice is only at close to even money. It's only at minus 103 on my book right now. I'm going to lock that up right now. I think that's going to move to, uh, as this pot is released in the morning, probably. And I'm going to give you one more. This is going to take KCP to score the first basket. Uh, I think yeah, I think they'll try to establish him early and you know try to get him that first three-point shot um, and get him established and get his rhythm going that game. So it's currently seeing him at nine to one at plus 900 for, for 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 him to score the first basket so or first point so he might even get you know who knows he might get uh, fouled and go to the free throw line or like i think that he'll probably hit a corner three-pointer for them so nine to one kcp to score the first point in the game yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna ride with you um you know your your initial statements about dennis schroeder and how much of a jump he yep. took in game two i'm liking his his three-point line at one and a half currently seeing that at plus odds at plus 158 I mean, he attempted four last game, hit two. Before that, you know, he wasn't as aggressive in game one, only shot five for seven, one for two Mm -hmm. from threes. But as we're seeing LeBron James um, be passive, I think this is going to be the opportunity for Dennis Schroeder to get busy. So I like him at two, to make two three pointers uh, tomorrow in game three on his home floor, where he's, he's been very consistent over the course of the season. So couple couple three point plays from us rebound and a in a in a points line anything for the last game that you want to play Munaf uh quickly it's probably just going to be Damian Lillard cuz he's just been on fire and him going back home i think it's he's going to do even better so let's see Damian Lillard right now and eh, the book has adjusted for it big time he's at 33 and a half points Woo. scored <laughs> yeah uh, let me take a look at his three-point shots. Uh, I mean, but honestly, though, I think this is like kind of moving like the way Curry was moving towards the end of the season. Like he yeah. was just so hot that like, fuck it, just put his thing, put it over at thirty-five and a half. It's not going to matter. He's getting buckets. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, and uh, you probably don't want to shy away from it, especially him being bad home in his building. He's probably going to get what get the crowd involved and and just have that killer mentality that he has. Um, so I'll go with that. I'll, I'll go with Damian Lillard over 33 and a half points. It's at minus 103 on my book. Um, I expect him to continue to being, you know, Dame time. And uh, 
you know, uh, hopefully he wields the Portland Trail Blazers to a game three victory by another 40 piece. So give me Damian Lillard over 33 and a half points. I like it. So I'm, I'm waiting on one to drop. It's, uh, I'm looking for Compazzo's, uh, steals prop. So I've seen it at one and a half and Mm -hmm. this dude is just a thief. Um, he got three steals last game, two before that one, the game before that, but this guy can rack it up super quickly. I mean, he's had in his last, last eight games, he's had five, four games where he's had at least two, five games where he's had at least two steals and three games where, which he's had three steals and one even even put in two games with five steals. So this guy is just relentless. He's, you see him getting in the face of Damian Lillard. I mean, CJ McCollum threw him on the ground. We had a little heated exchange in that uh, last game. I think this guy's going to continue to be annoying and still find his way to to rip a couple steals. So once that's posted, I'll probably put that in the Slack channel, but right, not seeing it right now. Um, the other one, yeah, I was going to do Dame because you can't just fade somebody that's so hot. But yeah. one line that I think is actually a little bit overstated, man, they got Jokic at 32 and a half. I'm going to go the under there okay. at minus 116. Now, while he went off last game, and like I, I think that's a little bit high. I think we'll see a little bit more, re- less reliant on Nikola Jokic to score. I think we'll see maybe Michael Porter Jr. be more active, maybe see some of those other players like Aaron Gordon step up and provide a little bit more offense so it's not as um, uh, you know focused on, on Jokic here. Sure. So 32 and a half. I like Jokic any number under 30, but 32 and a half, I, I think that that's not not quite what I want to pay up for for someone that doesn't shoot threes or get to the line at a, at a high volume as much as like a Damian Lillard. feel way more confident about his his line at uh, at, at only one point more, right? So, yeah. Uh, just going back to Compazzo, I see it on my book. Uh, over one and a half steals is at minus 172. So, Ooh, I think the, yeah, juiced it. Yeah, the juiced book- it. The books are accounting for uh for him um i don't think i like anything else uh, i'm gonna dig some more into the uh uh the blazers and the nuggets game here but i think one more that kind of sticks out to me is aaron gordon over 12 and a half points um if you're if, if they try to nu- neutralize joke Jokic and if Michael Porter Jr. is not shooting the ball well, I think they're going to have to get contribution contributions from Aaron Gordon. So I think that 12 and a half is a little conservative for me. I'm trying to pull up his box scores and see how he did in the first two games uh, against his teams. He had 16 in game one and 13 in game two. So it's right around that um, 12 and a half for Aaron Gordon. But uh, that was my last one. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I was going to throw one more out there since uh, Composo's juiced. Um, I'm going to go Aaron Gordon over five and a half rebounds. See that at minus 138. He's gotten, he got six in the last game, eight the game before that. I think he's kind of taken over for Michael Porter Jr.'s rebounding since he's kind of came over. We saw Porter Jr. get upwards of uh, seven rebounds over the course of the season, and then that kind of tailed off at the back end of the season uh, once we started seeing Aaron Gordon get more time in that power forward spot. Um playing a bit of the three and a little bit active on the glass. So with a, such a high scoring affair and so many shots getting up, I think Aaron Gordon can clear five and a half yet again in game three. I like it, man. That's a guy that they're going to need to have him step up, especially if, you know, the trade that they made, um, it's going to have for this guy, it's going to have to be both on the offensive, also offense and defensive end. So, uh, you know, hopefully he has a big game for, for uh, the Denver Nuggets to, tomorrow night. Right. All right. So before we get into our best bets, 
We're going to hear from our sponsor, and then we'll close out the show. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, their best ball tournaments tournament. are some of the best around, including their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament, where you can win a million dollars. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlaying player props for MLB and the N- NBA and more. They also have a special NBA Playoffs Best Ball Tournament coming up as well. So go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. And don't forget to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament for your chance to win a million dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com. And make sure to use promo code SGPN. All right, Munaf. Game threes. What are your best bets? I know you're a team total guy. Do you want to release those now? Are you going to release those later? What's your best bet for Thursday's slate? Uh, let's see, man. Uh, you have one. Yeah, mine is. I'm. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with the Phoenix Suns. Or excuse me, I'm gonna go with the Miami Heat. First quarter, I'm feeling confident about them getting 27 and a half, coming out hot, at least enough to, you know, keep up with the Bucks if they don't out win the quarter outright. So I'm gonna go with the Miami Heat first quarter points 27 and a half over. Okay. I like that. Yeah, you know, we talked about that. You know, teams down 0-2 coming back home. Um, backs against the wall, they're going to come out on fire, so hopefully they do. Um, I'll go with Portland in the first quarter. I, I, I like I like two, two – like, I'll take the minus one uh, Portland first quarter uh, on the spread, and then I'll take their team total over 29.5 points in that first quarter. I think they were one of the best first quarter uh, scoring teams in the entire league. Now they're back home. Uh, back in their arena so I think they'll come out on fire and play well uh, so give me that over 29 and a half uh, points for Portland Trailblazers and the last one I'll give is let's go with the Phoenix Suns plus a seven tomorrow night uh, I think like we discussed it's it's too many points and I think it's an over adjustment so again that's contingent on CP3's injury so keep your eye out for uh, any injury news on him but I think they're saying that he's good to go but just going to be on how efficient he's going to be. But that I think that's just too many points at plus seven for, uh, or getting seven points are the Phoenix Suns. So uh, I'll take that. I'll take the seven points with the Phoenix tomorrow night in game three. Yeah, I'll tell you on that one. That was going to be the other play that I have, the plus seven with the Suns. 100% in agreement with what you just said. Contingent on how much are we going to see CP3, but still, but despite that, it looks like he's good to go. I still think that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a tough Tough sell for the Lakers who haven't quite found their their offense yet. So with that, guys, we'll, we'll check you tomorrow. Uh, make sure you check the show on Friday where Scott and McKee will close out the Friday's uh, slates. And then also make sure that you hit the Slack channel. Give us your best bets and plays. We'll holler at you. Peace.